Bonsoir, buongiorno, WhatsApp, kiora, telofalava, good morning, good afternoon, whatever bloody greeting you want to use on this fine, fine Sunday. And welcome to season two of the podcast. Guys, it's been so long. It's been a year since I tapped in. So I'm really happy to be back. I'm really happy to have you guys here. For everybody who followed me through season one, who tuned in and supported me through that particular season, thank you so much for all the love. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me through that season, through that phase. Glad to have you back. And to anyone who's tuning in for the first time to this mess of a tea party, Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, we will pretty much just talk shit about healing and growth and trauma, all that fun shit. Uh, so welcome, welcome one, welcome all. Like I said, it's been a year since I tapped in, so uh, I'm actually nervous. I've kind of forgotten what to do here, guys. So be gentle with me for this first episode. Some of you would have noticed we've had a name change. We're no longer unknown. It only took sis a year or two to actually find a name that sat right in my heart. So Tea and Trauma is the name of the podcast. Welcome, welcome. I'm quite happy with that name, to be honest. Uh, that's pretty much what we do. We sip tea and talk shit about trauma. So coolies. Uh, I know season one ended off really abruptly. A lot of views would have known I was going through a lot of things last year. Since then, I've pretty much just been undergoing this beautiful and tricky process of grief. And it's been one of the most difficult things that I've been through in my life, but also the most rewarding. I really took the last year to focus on myself, focus on my growth and my healing. And, you know, I've loved it, every step of it. I'm really, really thankful for your guys' patience. Um, and again, happy to be tapping in to season two. This season, new season two, is so I'm so excited. I can't explain how excited I am, guys. We're going to talk about so many different things. Um, you know, we're going to talk about anxiety, depression, imposter syndrome, scapegoating. So throughout this whole process of grief this last year, so many lessons have come my way. So many reflections have, you know, hit me pretty hard. So I do want to share a lot of that with you guys. I want to open up a lot of discussions and, you know, just kind of talk through that, right? Uh, the whole kind of theme of this podcast, I, I kind of want to make it a lot clearer this season, right? Because last season was pretty much just me uh, finding my way and offloading. I feel like I've got a bit of a better idea as to kind of what my goal is with our chinwags. Um, you know, it's to just kind of how do I say it? I, I wanted to kind of be a medium for self-therapy, right? Like I, I come from a background where therapy is really a taboo subject. Um, for a lot of us, we can't even afford therapy. I've had a look into it. So freaking expensive. <laughs> Mental health is expensive, guys. Uh, so hopefully this mess of a tea party, this pep talk, tea and trauma can give you some seeds that you can use to reflect on yourself, to self-therapize yourself, and to just gain inspiration from and not feel so alone when it comes to your healing process and your process, you know, to self-love and discovery. So yeah, I hope that that kind of, you know, we'll, we'll get the kind of drift of it as we go along, but that's really my goal is to, is to help you guys out there and to help myself as well. Just to catch you up on the last year, I guess some of the highlights are the whole of season one was pretty much recorded 
in my home during full-on lockdown here in Sydney. So as of the start of this year, uh, 2022, I got back out into the world, which was really cool, back into my routine, back into the swing of things. So that's really great. I did get the culvert at the start of the year and that was pretty rough, but I survived that. So I'm proud of myself, pat myself on the back. Uh, but my biggest achievement so far this year, or my highlight, was obtaining my certificate of registration in real estate. So really proud of myself there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, like, I haven't spoken to you guys in so long, so I hope that 2021 ended off really well for you guys. I hope this year started off really great for you guys. It's almost the end of this year, so we got so much shit to catch up on. Today's episode is all about anxiety. Uh, it's very, it's a topic that's very close to my heart. I have struggled with anxiety for a very long time, uh, still experience anxiety, and I've learned a lot through it. I've kind of, this year especially, I've learned to befriend my anxiety and understand what it sounds like and kind of what it's trying to tell me. So that's our topic for today, all right? Those of you from season one know the drill, okay? You came to a tea party, Grab your tea or your drink of choice. Today, I got a nice relaxing tea. I think it's the brand is Higher Living, the sleep range. Um, it's all right, it's not my favorite, but it's, yeah, it'll do. <laughs> grab your tea, grab your drink, and let's jump into our chinwag, guys. Okie dokie, anxiety. How do I find my courage? Some of the questions I want to highlight in today's episode include how do I support myself, as in what type of support do I need and how can I give that support to myself, as well as how can I better understand the needs of others and support them. I think this episode may benefit someone who, like myself, struggles with anxiety or has struggled with a low sense of self-worth, self-confidence, self-esteem, all that good shit that we need to be constantly building up within ourselves because when our mind's in this state of doubt and mistrust and fear, we can often rely on the support of others to define our worth and confidence, when in reality, everything we need to be and feel supported and loved is already there within ourselves. So. If your mind is or is often in that space, I feel you, girl, and I hope something I say today resonates with you. Support. Support is love, and we love to love and be loved, and we often express how much we love and how we need to be loved through the way we love and support others. Both love and support are subjective. How I define and express love and or support may be or is very different from the way you define and express love and or support both are valid and both are true. Why is this important? Because in understanding that the love and support we give is a reflection of the love and support we need, we understand that when we feel unsupported, it's just an indication that one of our deep emotional needs have not or are not being met, okay? So the initial thought when we're in that mindset of, I don't feel supported, what you actually might be saying is, I don't feel heard or understood. I don't feel safe enough to take this next step or say what I really feel. Uh, I don't feel valued or seen. I don't think I can do this by myself. Doubt, fear, anxiety, disappointment, all that fun shit comes into play. Great fucking times. 
The thing is, when we fully rely on external influences to fulfill or satisfy those deep emotional needs, like our sense of safety, our sense of self-acceptance and love, we put ourselves in a state of lack, right? For example, I need this, I, I don't have it within myself, I'm unable to find it or give this to myself, so I need to look for it and receive it from another source outside of myself. Don't get me wrong, support from external influences is a wonderful thing. It's necessary, it's needed, it's deserved, but there may be, or more so will be, moments in life that you need to forge forward and navigate through waters that those around you may not want to go or may not be able to go through. Um, you know, you face many challenges and changes in your life that you have to work through alone, right? For example, it might be jumping into a new career, uh, starting a new business, moving to a new city or country. Uh, it might be choosing a, to live a different lifestyle or overcoming certain fears. So in these moments when you've got to go at it alone, which are many times you will have to, your confidence, your belief and your trust in yourself is tested. If you can put yourself in an abundant mindset of safety and comfort and love within yourself, I mean, that's goals, that's homes. So when we speak about supporting ourselves, that's the level of thought I want to be chilling on. Okay, that's our context today. How can we feel at home within ourselves? How can we help others feel at home within themselves too? How can I love myself and love others as well? All right, so I want you to think of a certain situation that makes you feel anxious, okay? It might be speaking in front of crowds. It might be making a mistake and being laughed at or, or ridiculed. It might be leaving the safety of your home or having to speak in social situations. Something that makes you feel like you're out of your comfort zone and completely and utterly exposed, like you could not be more uncomfortable and more willing to sink into Hades in those type of situations. And then I want you to listen to the thoughts that rush in with that anxiety, right? What When you're in anxiety mode, what are you thinking in that moment? Let it all come out write that shit on a piece of paper if you like or just grab the most dominant thought for a moment what are you saying to yourself as you're freaking the hell out and then i want you to use reason to validate or invalidate that thought for example one of my most dominant thoughts in a state of anxiety was i can't as in i can't do it i don't want to do it I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I can't do it stood as the root thought or belief of my anxiety. Reality is you can do anything you put your mind to, like really. And chances are what you're saying you can't do is something you've done time and time again. So this I can't business, we can just mark as invalid because <laughs> it definitely is not true unless you deem it true. What is it that you apparently can't deal with is it valid or invalid is the process that I went through. So for example, um, I don't want to be in social situations and talk to people in case they laugh at me or ridicule me. That might translate to, I can't handle or deal with social shame or embarrassment. So I don't put myself in that situation or won't put myself in that situation. Well, that's not really true because you've handled it and dealt with it in the past. Pretty confident you can handle it and deal with it again, invalid. Okay, another example might be, I don't want to get up and speak in front of crowds. Uh, that might translate to, 
I can't get up and speak in front of crowds because I'm afraid I'll sound stupid or make a mistake or everyone will think of me in a certain way. What if they disagree with me? What if I make an absolute flop of myself and freeze up? Again, you've probably spoken in front of crowds before. If not, it's a good time to start. Uh, otherwise, you've survived it before. Chances are you'll survive it again. So not really valid, is it? Anxiety has a tendency to hyperbolize or emphasize the worst possible outcome. And in essence, from both those basic thought processes that I just kind of explained, it's evident that there is a lack of trust, lack of confidence, lack of belief in the self. You're, what you're really saying to yourself is, you don't trust yourself to do it and do it well. You don't believe in your ability to do something and be in that certain situation and not come out of it okay, right? There's also a strong emphasis on shame and embarrassment and a concern around the, the thoughts or opinions or validation of others. This is what your anxiety is actually trying to reveal to you, where you believe you are lacking in life or within yourself. That's why sometimes we find ourselves in anxiety saying things like, I wish I wasn't like this. I wish it was easy for me like it is for others. If I was more confident in myself, life would be so much easier. Um, you know, so at least if we get all those anxious thoughts out in the open, lay them out, pick one up, turn it over for a bit, validate it, invalidate it, whatever you got to do, put it down, pick up the next one and do the same thing. You begin the process of weeding out the thoughts and beliefs that are harming you, that aren't true or valid or weren't yours to begin with. And you start to make an ally of your anxiety and recognize its voice and its purpose. Your anxiety is trying to tell you something and protect you from something. It's trying to reveal to you a certain need that needs to be fulfilled or a certain part of yourself that needs to be strengthened. Really, anxiety should be seen or used in the same way that the e-light flashes when the car needs petrol. You know, your anxiety is like, excuse me, bitch, you need to be aware of something or acknowledge something in order for me to stop freaking the hell out because I'm trying to protect us both from getting hurt, right? The best way I could put it is by explaining how I came to hear the voice of my anxiety, which I now call courage. One night, we randomly just put on Courageley, uh, Courageley, <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Don't know if you guys are into that cartoon, brought back heaps of memories, but the more I watched, the more I was cracking up because I was like, that, that right there, that trying to save stupid Mario and Eustace from whatever monster was attacking their farm is exactly what my anxiety sounds like when Courage is just going off his rocket. Like he means well, his intention is to save the people he cares about, but he's so bloody freaked out and in a state of panic that the people around him are like, what the hell, stupid dog, you know? Like, even though his intention was to warn or save their asses from the danger, they couldn't see or, or wouldn't acknowledge it, right? So in the same way, I realized that my anxiety was just trying to protect me from something it deemed as a threat or danger. It might be social shame, it might be physical danger or rejection or failure. It's not going for no reason. You just got to ask yourself what the hell it's actually hullabalooing about. And the best way to calm your inner courage or anxiety is to acknowledge the danger it's trying to highlight and show it or assure it or prove to it that it's safe and the danger it's freaking out about is being managed, okay? Like, thanks for the heads up, bro. I know there's heaps of people in there. You're scared about putting yourself out there because you don't want to be judged or rejected. But hey, I got you. We're safe. You can trust me. We're going to go in there and I'm going to show you it's okay. And even if it's not, 
we are going to be okay. You can trust me, which translates into I can trust myself. Over time, that becomes the new root thought or belief that you've now planted and cultivated in your garden, in your mind, and your courage starts to simmer down a lot more because he knows he's being heard rather than treated like some sort of imposter or annoying form of self-sabotage. Incorrect, he's just a part of you whose function and intention is to protect you, right? More importantly, your courage or anxiety, which is essentially a part of you, begins to trust you and your ability to navigate through danger. You can trust that you support yourself through anything that comes your way. I feel like that type of self-trust, self-assuredness, and your ability to back yourself and support yourself is fundamental. Like it's a fundamental part of loving yourself, guys. You know you can depend on your support system, but you also know you can depend on yourself. And if you don't have a strong support system or don't feel supported in your current system, it may just be that you define love and support very differently, which is fine. You have your needs and so do they. Simple as that. It's also worth noting that we can't give to others what we don't already have or give to ourselves. It's very difficult to be happy for others if we're not happy with ourselves. It's difficult to love others when we don't love ourselves. So how others define love and support and their ability or capacity to give you the type of love and support you need are both things we can consider when choosing our support system. There are people out there who love and support the same way you do and who will or can build you up in the way that you need. The more you know how you love and support and the more you give that energy out after giving it to yourself, obviously, the more you'll attract those people into your life and the more distance you'll create between yourself and those who aren't meant for you. Not out of spite or anger or hate, out of necessity for yourself and your peace and your happiness, okay? Um, like I said before, not everyone can go with you. Not everyone's meant to stay in your life forever. The right people stay and the right people go in life. The one constant, aside from your faith, if you like, should be you and the support you give to yourself in every phase of your journey. All right, so the questions I want you to mull over after today's episode, we're not gonna have the last segment. I know we usually did that in season one, but I kind of want to try ship shit up is one what is my anxiety saying to me like what does it sound like what is it trying to protect me from get intimate with that part of yourself because it's actually trying to help you how can i ridiculous the shit out of my anxiety so i can disempower it and actually see it for the warrior wart headless chicken or in this case cowardly dog um, with good intentions Nevertheless, right? It, it means well. How can I take care of my courage and let him know it's all good, we're all good, trust me, I got this. Two, do I need to work on building my self-trust? If everything went to shit right now, do I trust in my ability to survive it, to get through it, to grow from it? Can I recall any past experiences where I did back myself and support myself through something really challenging? And if so, can I use that as proof or evidence to show my courage that I got this, we're gonna be all right no matter what? If not, how can I slowly start building that trust in a way that doesn't freak me out or trigger my courage, my anxiety too much, but just enough to, to break it down bit by bit, okay? Three, what type of love and or support does my team or support system need? 
How do they define these things? Am I doing right by them and honoring those needs or their needs? And are they doing right by me and honoring my needs? Okay, we can love and support those who don't love and support us back. That's definitely one thing I've learned along the way. I think it's just a matter of creating good, healthy boundaries in these cases and letting go of the expectation that they'll reciprocate it to you. You can give yourself the love and support you need that you're not receiving from others um, with the intention of firstly giving it to yourself, but also being able to give it to others as well. Okay, the more we give that out, the right people will come to you, trust me. The more you learn to love and trust and accept yourself, the more authentic you become, the more you'll attract the right people. It'll come, okay? Well, that's a wrap for today, folks. To all my anxiety bugs, I'm sending you heaps of cuddles. It's gonna be okay. There's nothing wrong with you and what you're feeling. Like I said, I feel you, I know it's tough. Try listening to the thoughts and beliefs behind your anxiety and maybe you'll be able to uncover where you require building within yourself. No one's perfect. We all got shit we need to work on. So stop expecting yourself to be perfect and have it all together. No one's perfect. No one has it all together. We're all a little lost at times. But if you can back yourself and trust that no matter how lost you are, you can always find your way home. You'll be all good. Trust me, sis. Okay. Until next time, my crazies, I will see you guys soon. Bye.